episode 114, House Call Osteopathic Manipulation. I'm your host, Dr. Justin Trosclair, and today we're Dr. Matthew Barker's perspective. During 2017 and 2018 Podcast Awards nominated host as we get a behind the curtain look at all types of doctors and guest specialties. Let's hear a doctor's perspective. Thanks for tuning in. Before we begin, if you get a chance, go and uh, write us a review on your favorite podcast app. That would be fantastic. All right. Today, if you're a physical therapist, chiropractor, an osteopath, maybe you're a medical doctor who's been interested in what we call spinal manipulation, a.k.a. the adjustment, a.k.a. osteopathic manipulation, then this will be the episode for you. We have a board-certified osteopath who chose to do his residency and his board certification in osteopathic manipulation. It probably looks similar to the chiropractic adjustment, but of course, it's going to be different. And what also interests me in Dr. Barker is that he chooses to do home care. So he travels to your house, does what he needs to do. And so because that's such a foreign thing for me, I don't know a lot about it. I was excited to, to hear about it. How does it work logistically? You know, how do you make it profitable? You know, one guy's 30 minutes away. The next lady is, you know, 45 minutes the other direction. So what do you do? How does that work? Um, and then trying to figure out, okay, what is a residency look like for spinal manipulative therapy what what do the other like medical doctors feel about it is it easier to for them to refer to you you know as a chiropractor like we want those referrals for all that musculoskeletal pain do they just go to the osteopath instead how much rehab do they learn what's the misconceptions that they have to deal with what kind of marketing is he doing you know a lot of those types of things are gonna be answered today including what ehr he uses and uh his favorite table for the moment all right by all means, you can go to the website, top right, follow me on any of the social media, like it, follow it. You'll see some cool stuff, cool pictures, the latest podcast, all that jazz. Like I mentioned before, parents are gone now, and let me tell you, I'm really proud of them. They're adventurous eaters. They usually aren't. Uh, they were really going with the flow. There's a lot more walking than usual. It's a different pace, obviously, in China. So I'm really happy for them that they came and that they had a good time and that they were such uh, uh, easygoing and tried to make everything work. And uh, they really appreciated what we did for them as well. So uh, hats off to them. Love them, of course. And uh, looking forward to hearing your guys' opinion. And ladies, of course, what should the next series be? Should I find a bunch of osteopaths of different types? See what they do? If you like that idea, send me a message and uh, I'll see what I can do. Okay. All the show notes can be found at a doctorsperspective.net slash 114. Let's go. Hashtag behind the curtain. Live from China in the Dallas area, today on the show, we got a doctor of osteopath. He's got a little unique situation, so that's why we got him on the show. He's so good. His name is Dr. Matthew Barker. Welcome to the program. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. I saw, I was going on LinkedIn, I was looking for people, and I was like, whoa, an osteopath. Okay. I'd like to get some more of those on the podcast. We don't, haven't really done that for some reason. And then I saw you do spinal manipulative therapy, and I said, whoa. That's pretty cool because I know you guys can do it, but it seems much more of like a side piece of most people's practice. But you're like, no, this is what I do. And not only do I do that, I do house calls. And again, yeah. I mean, I was listening to some PT uh, podcasts and they're like, you know, they do home visits. And, you know, one of the problems they have is like, how do you even make this? You know, it's not that efficient, but somehow they still are able to like charge enough. So, it, you know, their, their salaries pan out as well. And it's a service for the people that can't really travel or just for whatever reason. So that's kind of the setup for, for why I wanted you on. But before we get into all of that, 
Uh, being that you're into, maybe you were into spinal medical therapy before you went to school or you figured out you liked it while you're in school, but what's your backstory? How'd you pick osteopath and, and SMT? Yeah, so I, I initially was interested in, in medicine and healthcare because I myself started having neck pain and headaches and low back pain uh, starting around age 14. And so I sought out treatment. I uh, went down uh, the chiropractic and massage therapy route for treatment, and I did get some relief with with those modalities. And you know, I really liked the the instant kind of relief that I got going in, and and working the idea of working with my hands and working with patients. And I was into athletics growing up, so I wanted to also treat athletes and kind of sports injuries. So my initial uh, goal was actually to go into chiropractics. Um, I did a lot of research in different chiropractic schools. I went to uh, Arizona State University for my undergrad, and um, my specialty was kinesiology or exercise science. And I knew that osteopathic physicians could do or, or learn some manipulative medicine, um, but the ones that I knew that did it did it very little, and so it was not the, the predominant part of their practice. And so I wanted it to be a, the, the predominant part of what I did. And then I found out about halfway through my undergrad that as an osteopathic physician, you can specialize in manipulative medicine. And so you can do that full time and also provide injections when necessary or prescribe medications when necessary. And so I went and shadowed one. I went and got treated by one. And um, that's when I kind of switched routes from pre-chiropractic school to pre-med. And decided to go into osteopathic medical school, knowing that I wanted to uh, eventually be board certified in manipulative medicine. And that's wild. I mean, I didn't even know what a doctor of osteopath was when I was kind of in that same realm of. And I was like, wow, that would have been pretty cool because it would open doors that you otherwise mm -hmm. wouldn't have. Like, you know, chiropractors have a hard time getting into hospitals and you know those types of things. And you know, we see patients like you saw, like you see. Sometimes they need an injection. Sometimes they need medicine. It would be nice to be able to offer those things when you see like this person obviously needs more than what I can give them at this moment. Yeah. So what's the program like? Is it like a general practitioner? You just after the school, you go to like two year residencies or what? What does that look like for the audience? So osteopathic medical school is is very similar to traditional medical school. Uh, the curriculum we have an almost identical curriculum in what we learn for general medicine and pharmacology and basic sciences. What's different in our curriculum is that we have the, our manipulative medicine class, which is usually in most schools, four hour class once a week for the first two years of medical school. And in that class, we're learning the, how to evaluate and treat uh, patients using our hands. And so we're use, we're learning how to look for restrictions and asymmetries in the body and um, tissue texture changes. And then you're, you're learning a variety of different techniques to and treat those with our hands. Um, and then during the third or fourth year, most schools require like one full month, so a, a full month rotation in manipulative medicine working with a specialist. And then after that, you know, besides that one difference, medical school training is very similar for osteopathic medicine versus traditional uh, medical school. And so after medical school, which is four years you're required to go to at least do one year 
of residency, which is called internship year, uh, in order to get a license as a general practitioner. But if you want to be board certified in any specialty, whether it's family medicine, osteopathic manipulative medicine, or surgery, requires additional years of training, and that's uh, called residency. What And what are y'all learning? You know, as chiropractors, we have uh, classes almost every trimester. We got a lot, a lot of hands-on throughout the entire curriculum because that's kind of what we do. I mean, that's our bread and butter. So when you're in residency, are you starting to learn and do it like more hours per day as well as learning the pain management side? Are you considered kind of like a pain management specialist who also does SMT? Or how does that look? What's the, What kind of things are y'all learning? Are you talking about first someone who goes on to get board certified in manipulative medicine or the general osteopathic physician? No, the board certified. So the specialty training would come after medical school. And so part of uh, the residency program for to be board certified in manipulative medicine is three years total after medical school. And so you have to do a certain number of months with different specialists that work with the neuromuscular system. So we do some rotation with neurology, sports medicine, rheumatology, orthopedic surgery, variety of different specialties, doctors that look at patients from a specialty perspective um, that treat common conditions that we may come into contact with mm. as an osteopathic neuromuscular medicine special specialist. Um, and then part of that training is also learning how to do injections, you know, trigger point injections, steroid injections, platelet-rich plasma injections. Oh, okay. Um, so we do get a, a variety of different exposure. And then you're also required to see a certain number of patients that you, are your like continuity panel. And so you're managing them from a specialist point of view. We can prescribe pain medications, but more often than not, um, we we let that be kind of separate. If someone does require pain management for to be on opioids or something, most right. of the time those patients are managed by someone who's board certified in pain medicine. But you, that's just nice. You get to have the the PRP. You can do those other procedures. Y'all don't do microdisectomies. That's going to be somebody else, though, right? Correct. Okay. Nothing, no, in, no invasive spine surgeries or, or minor procedures on the spine. Okay. Do y'all learn much about like, like the rehab, or do y'all have to send out the physical therapist for that? What's that look like? We do learn some. I mean, we spend some time with uh, with physical medicine and rehabilitation specialists, and so we do learn some of kind of the basics with rehab. But we don't have most osteopathic manipulative medicine specialists don't have like rehab in house, and so most of the time we're referring those patients to like physical therapy. Now, do y'all yourself, you're since you're mobile, but outside of that, are they still in hospitals? When you get hired as an osteopath who does the SMT, or is that going to be more private practice leaning? How does that look? So um, when you say SMT, you, that means spinal, spinal manipulative. Manip- you're like osteopathic. Uh, what's, what's your phrase? I should have asked you that th- before we even started. What's your yes. favorite phrase? Like the adjustment, the manipulation, you, what do you like? You can call it manipulative treatment or osteopathic manipulative treatment. Okay. So we, don't, we don't just address the spine. We right. treat patients from head to toe and... We do visceral or organ techniques, cranial techniques, soft tissue techniques. We do the high velocity or spinal adjustments. Okay. Um, so just a more broad term would be like osteopathic manipulative treatment. I wish we would say the same thing. 
Yeah. I guess that's why we just say it's an adjustment. But then the research, you look at the research, you just type in adjustment. You're like, well, that's not really going to show up anything. So, okay. So manipulative treatment. Yeah. Um, there are uh, some hospitals that have uh, specialist manipulative medicine consult services. The majority of those hospital services are ones that that have residency programs for manipulative medicine doctors because part of the requirement to become board certified in manipulative medicine is to do to see a certain number of hospitalized patients and do manipulative treatment on them. And so, for example, in, in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, the only hospital that has an, an OMM or OMT consult service is Medical City Fort Worth, which is where the uh, there's a residency program uh, there for manipulative medicine. There's a few other hospitals in the country where, you know, a one or two doctor group that are board certified will get a contract and have a constant service, but they're they're not very prevalent. Are you finding that, you know, for, for medical doctors that refer to a chiropractor, that's definitely something that we have to work on. Like we have to educate, we have to send papers, we have to send our case notes, really just try to get them educated like, hey, we're safe. Hey, this is what the research shows. Hey, people get better. You know, we're not all hokey pokey. You know, there's a lot of those out there, but we're not all like that. Do y'all have a better, an easier time getting relationships with the medical doctors to get these referrals or how do you kind of position yourself? Um, I think, you know, we have a lot of educating to do because most people don't know what osteopathic manipulative medicine is. Um, it's not a, a very well-known name. Yes, other osteopathic physicians would know about it and, and, you know, should be able to refer and know when to refer patients. But the, the general medical community doesn't really know exactly what we do and, and you know, what kind of patients would benefit from our services. So we, we run into the same battle as you with that. Okay. Do you ever regret going that route, being that there's more education, it's a little bit more of an uproad battle versus uh, kind of patients just coming in like, hey, my back hurts, do something else with it? Well, it's it's actually kind of exciting. You know, it's something that I'm so passionate about that I love talking about it. So opportunities to go on, you know, podcasts, I've done a radio interview. Um, I'm involved with some of the local high schools in the Dallas-Fort Worth area for some mentorship programs. And I've gone and, and done, you know, presentations for them. And I've gone with some of the local colleges and done presentations on what manipulative medicine is. So it's something that I enjoy. And then the the coolest thing is getting a patient that doesn't really know what it is and, and giving them a treatment and just having them just be blown away with, with how much better they feel. That's a very rewarding thing for me. So I'm, I'm very happy with the route that I chose. When you're having to describe to a client, potential patient, what do you do? How do you describe it? I'm kind of curious. I mean, maybe you have a long answer. Maybe you have something that you're like, I've actually mastered it. It's only a 20 second. This is what we do. And this is how you get better. So what, what do you tell somebody? You see somebody at Walmart, they're walking. You're like, obviously, you should come see me as a patient. Like, what would you say? So I'm a, I'm a fully licensed physician. And what I do is I'm specialized in looking at your, your body for areas of restrictions, things that aren't moving the way that they should, and using a variety of different techniques with my hands to help them move better and help you move better, which can decrease pain, help with blood flow, help with your nerves, your nerves to work better, your lymphatic system to work better, decrease your pain. Okay. I'd like to cover this a little bit. What 
are some of the misconceptions about osteopath. And if you want to go osteopath manipulation therapy, you can go there as well. But, you know, we all seem to have uh, <laughs> a black cloud sometimes over us or just people just don't understand. Like, why would I go see you instead of just a medical doctor? Um, so I think, you know, one of the biggest misconceptions or misunderstandings is uh, most people that know that osteopathic physicians do manipulations, they think that we only do the exact same thing as what a chiropractor works, what to do. And so they may think that we only do the, the spinal adjustments. And so when I have patients that, you know, have had back surgeries or, or have very frail bones or someone that, that can't, wouldn't be a good candidate for a high velocity or a spinal adjustment, they think that, that there's nothing that I can do to help them, but they don't understand that that's not the only technique that I use. You know, I use so much, such a wide array of techniques that are gentle enough to treat a newborn baby or a hundred year old patient. Yet I have other techniques that I could use that may be a little different on an NFL football player or somebody else that's a, you know, an athlete. And so there's really not a patient that I couldn't find a variety of technique to safely use on that patient. And most medical conditions that I can do something to help uh, with this osteopathic manipulative medicine. So I think that's the, the biggest misconception is that people, you know, they only think that we do one or two things and they don't realize how many different things we can do. Do y'all have your own legion of seminars to learn different adjusting techniques or do y'all, can y'all attend a chiropractic seminar to learn different types of techniques? So we have, we do have an academy. It's called the American Academy of Osteopathy. And so that's a, our professional organization for anybody that's board certified or that does a lot of manipulative medicine. That's kind of our professional association. And so the American Academy of Osteopathy does have an annual conference. It's like a week long conference every March. And at those conferences, they have both lectures and hands-on workshops to learn new techniques. And then they offer a variety of different courses throughout the year across the United States. Um, for example, I'm, I'm helping to teach a course that's coming to the Dallas-Fort Worth area in February, taught by Dr. John Tortu on the visceral-somatic reflex treatment, which incorporates the meridians from Chinese medicine with osteopathic principles to treat both the organ and the corresponding musculoskeletal components at the same time within one technique. And so there, there's tons of course opportunities. Um, of course, uh, any DO or, or, or chiropractor, you know, can go to any kind of additional conferences. So I'm not sure. It just depends on the course requirement. So if there were like a chiropractic conference that they accept osteopathic physicians or or other kinds of specialties into those conferences i'm not sure okay yeah i would think you know if you saw you ran into some chiropractor you saw some kind of technique you're like, well that's really cool or youtube video yeah i would i would assume most of the those conferences would be available to see but what does what does visceral manipulation look like well it looks like a lot of different things there's because <laughs> uh, <laughs> it depends who's doing it you know there's a lot of osteopathic physicians in Europe that have developed a lot of uh, what today's like modern visceral or organ manipulation. So there's a lot of 
more direct palpation. There's indirect treatments of the organs. Um, the the visceral somatic reflex course that I'm helping to teach is is really interesting, where you're you're palpating the organ and then treating along the meridian for that corresponding organ uh, to create a release of the structures all along that that meridian. We're talking like fascia? Yeah. Uh, so the, the meridians travel along like fascial lines. And so uh, it treats the, you can treat those corresponding musculoskeletal structures along that, that line. Ah, that's interesting. I'm about to YouTube that later because I would like uh, – just I'm picturing it in my head. I'm like, obviously, it's not going to be some high velocity thrust or something in that area. It no, it's like very gentle. Be, yeah, so it's kind of like, like a massage or a very specific massage. It might is what it might look like to a patient. Yeah, sometimes we'll you know for that particular technique, we're we're sometimes moving the the limb because a lot of the meridians travel to the distal points of the hands, feet, and onto the face, and so we're actually moving around the arm or the leg or or turning the head to adjust that or to treat that meridian uh, precisely okay treating the meridian is that with like needles is that like a finger or what does that look like it's through manual palpation so manual palpation yeah so for example um you have the um large bowel meridian which uh terminates onto the hand and then it does go on to the face as well if you look at kind of the meridian chart. And so if you palpate along the, the large intestine and you're feeling, you know, in the belly for areas of tension, things that are not soft that should be, and you're along any part of the bowel, so the ascending or descending or transverse colon or rectum, you, if you palpate any part of that large intestine that is, doesn't feel soft as it should, then you can monitor that location with one hand and then palpate anywhere along that meridian. So a common place for that to be triggered is where, where that meridian crosses the wrist because of common, you know, falling onto an outstretched hand or having your wrist, you know, um, become injured in some other manner. And so if you palpate along that meridian, so that it actually, you can actually palpate a change at your other hand at the location of the organ. Then you're on a, a specific point that you can then treat that whole entire meridian. So it'll kind of release the fascia between where that point you found on the wrist and all the way to the organ. Wow. Watch out. Obviously, I was curious about that just from the questions. Yeah. That's really interesting. Um, okay. Now, what made you choose home visits? Switching gears here. How is that working for you? What does that look like? Is it an all-day affair? Give us a little rundown on that. So currently, my my work situation is I am I have five months left to complete all of my requirements for my board certification in both family medicine and osteopathic manipulative medicine. Okay. And so in 2016, I got my my life, my general practitioner license to practice medicine, and I still had my all my requirements left to get board certified in both family and manipulative medicine, and so that's what I call my day job, mostly Monday through Friday, eight to five, 
and I wanted to start my own practice, which I started in 2017. It's called Mobile Osteopathy. And my practice, since I'm only available to see patients in the evenings and weekends, I was trying to think about the best way to, to set up my practice. And, and it, I could have rented space and tried to get patients to come to me kind of at, at odd hours. But I, I thought it would be better if I could just do house calls to so turn my disadvantage of, of not having very, you know, time to see patients during normal business hours into an advantage. And so now I can I can market to a very large geographic area because I can go to one part of town one day and a different part of town the next day and see patients, you know, after I finish up my day job and then see patients all day, like on a Saturday, for example. And it, it allows me a lot of flexibility. Patients are pretty, um, you know, they're okay with the 30-minute time window uh, if I'm coming to their home versus them having to come into the office. And so it ended up being really good for me because the patients love it. I mean, I'm getting a lot of patients that are busy professionals or I treat kids that are in school. And so they're not ha- people aren't having to miss work. People aren't having to get taken out of school. And then I end up getting a lot of new patients just because I'm there in the home treating one family member. And, and the next time they say, hey, next time you come back, why don't you treat you know, this other family member too. And so I'm treating three and four people or entire households just because they're seeing what I do and that their their family member is benefiting. So that was my initial model was just doing 100% house calls. And uh, as I've gotten busier, I've had to actually rent some space part-time. And so I do rent a room now inside of a Pilates studio that I use one evening out of the week and one Saturday a month. And uh, part of that reason, besides being busy, was uh, I've gotten a lot of patients that will call from outside of my house call radius, and they want an appointment. And but since they live too far for me to travel to, I didn't have a place that they could come to. So um, now I, I've solved that problem by having some options for some office time. And that office is sort of, you, know, you start hearing a bunch of phone calls from the Gainesville area or something. So you're like, Oh, okay, let me get an office kind of in that general area so that they can just, they drive 30 minutes down and they're like, they're there. No, I have, I have an office with that's in um, the Dallas Fort Worth area. That's within my service zone that I already, you know, travel to. Okay. And so that way now I have an option for patients that live outside of my travel radius that can come to me. Gotcha. Um, and so that's, that's worked out well. Do you have to carry, special liability insurance or malpractice to do home visits? No, it's included whether I see a patient in the office or in their home. My policy is the same. Okay. Uh, I do, for the office that I rent, you know, I have to have general liability as well as my malpractice liability, but that doesn't carry over to the, the house call. I think it's just the malpractice at the house, at the house okay. visits. One, does insurance cover manipulative therapy for you guys and then also doing home visits are you taking cash only is it a mix of insurance how does that play out so i take cash only i'm, I'm just out of network with all the insurance companies okay. and so i provide my patients with the super bill that they can submit to their insurance company for for reimbursement it just depends on whatever their out of network coverage is generally most insurance companies do pay for 
manipulative medicine. It's considered a procedure just like an injection would be or a skin tag removal. Um, it's just a different procedure code. And it's coded based on the number of body regions that you treat. So anywhere from one body region up to 10 body regions. Like 9941? Yeah, there's like several different codes, yeah, depending yeah. on how much, how many body regions you're treating. Um, so yeah, so most of them do cover it. I'm just considered out of, out of, uh, network. Now, as far as house calls, I think most of the insurance companies, um, if you use the house call code, that there's supposed to be like a medical reason that you're doing a house call. Right. And so, um, there could be some issues with that if you're just doing it because you don't have an office. I don't feel like driving to the doctor's office doesn't count as a reason yeah. for a home visit yeah. fee. Okay. Do you get to charge an extra fee for your travel or is that just kind of included in the prices? So when I set up my practice, since I didn't have an office space and, uh, and even now, actually, I, I charge the same price for my the the office visits that I do offer and the house call visits that I offer as long as they're within the my travel radius mm-hmm. and I just calculated that into my cost the fact that I don't have you know a building overhead that I'm having to pay for but my my house call practice prices are pretty much the same as what I what I would do in an office anyways okay do you have to have do you bring your own tables everywhere you go anything like that yeah my trunk you know, believe it or not, is like the perfect space for everything I need. My my manipulative medicine table fits in there just right. I've got a bag that I carry into the home that has, you know, equipment to measure vitals to an otoscope or ophthalmoscope. My uh, I've got a little binder in there with some handouts in it, and then I carry uh, one other tool that I use sometimes. It's called a, a percussor. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. I don't take that into every house. And then I do have like a a rolling stool that I carry in in the house with me to sit on. Okay. Do you like the table you got? Would you, would you buy it again? Yeah. You know, it's been, um, pretty durable. I got it from ommtables.com and it's, it's actually, uh, designed to withhold more compressive forces and its, its body is titanium or aluminum. So it's a little more sturdy and lightweight. I've been happy with it. Okay. Oh, and uh, what software? Do you use electronic records? I do. I use Practice Fusion, and then oh, I, okay. I take my uh, my iPad uh, Pro to, to do my doc, my charting. How did you like Practice Fusion? I want to say it was free at one point, and it was internet-based. Is that still the option? It's still internet-based, and it was free. They started charging for it a couple months back. Wow, that's it. A couple months. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Are you it, happy with it? Would you recommend it to anybody else? Um, for for my purposes, it's fine. I don't know. I don't have to utilize a lot of the features because I don't do you know billing through it and things like that. And I don't. I'm not using it currently for like appointments. So for what I'm using for, it's it's great. I haven't had any problems with it. Okay, that's a very common question people have in our Facebook chiropractic groups. Hey man, I got. I'm finally upgrading or. I hate the software I have. Who should I yeah. use? So, um, and then how do you set up your geographical area? Like, I'm not 100% familiar with the Dallas Fort Worth area, but let's just say, I don't know, the Northwest area. And you're like, okay, somebody calls, and you're like, yeah, I only go on Mondays to this area. And then is that enough to get results if you can only go once a week? So, 
I chose the, my area based on where I live and then also where I, I'm most frequently located uh, during the day. So like my like where my day job normally is. Mm-hmm. So I live in like the north Fort Worth area and then I work in like the downtown Fort Worth area. My goal was to at you know, worst case scenario, drive an hour or less to get home from any appointment. Ah. So that's kinda how I set up my radius. Um was based on, you know, just drive time of of how I wanted to to manage my drive time. What was your other question? Um, that? I don't know, but I do have a follow-up based on what you just said. So I'll, I'll go with that one. Sure. Uh, all right. You got somebody in the radius. How how many people can you really see after work? Because one, you got to drive. That could be 10 minutes. The next person could have been seen maybe because they're only like five minutes from that house, but they're not available, but for another hour. So how do you manage all of that? Do you end up wasting a lot of time or is it you just find people that can fit into your, your schedule. How does that play out? People tend to be a little more flexible in the evenings. And so I haven't really had too many problems of having to wait around, you know, in between appointments. I do, you know, I do pay a lot of attention to, to scheduling people kind of in either in the same area or at least in a trajectory to get back to my house. I'm going to see them on the same day so that I'm not backtracking. Uh-huh. Um, but I've, I've been able to do a pretty good job with that. I do see between 10 and 20 patients a week okay. right now. Yeah. Luckily I haven't had too many issues with, um, you know, waiting around a long periods of time. Sometimes I'll get out of my day job earlier than I anticipated. And so a lot of my patients are, have been okay with me, you know, coming early. I just call them say, Hey, I've finished up earlier. Are you available earlier? And so I can easily move patients around. My patients have been very flexible with that. And like you said, if they, if they're the type of person that will want a doctor to come to their house after hours, they probably have that flexibility to where if somebody comes up, you can say, Hey, actually, can we switch this appointment? Or it's five thirty is better for me. Oh, okay. Okay. We'll be sure to make five thirty work instead of the seven o'clock that I was hoping for. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. They, they've been very people are really flexible with the house calls just because you know, you're, you're doing them an extra convenience. And I do remember your other question. You were asking me, you know, uh, what if I can only see a patient once a week, if that's, you know, problematic. Yeah. So typically I will see a patient for the first three visits spaced apart from each other between one and three weeks. So I don't, I don't really ever see anybody more frequently than a week. And usually it's usually two to three weeks between those first couple of appointments. And then I would say, you know, 90 to 95% of my patients after that third visit, I kind of revisit what their goals of treatment are and what relief they've gotten with the treatment. And most people at that point are, are getting relief and feeling better. And so we just start spreading the appointments out more. My goal is for my patients to see me as little as possible while getting the max benefits. And so uh, for some patients, if it's an acute injury, they may only need to see me two or three times and then they're, they're back to their baseline and happy. And so then they just call me the next time they, you know, injure themselves. And for other patients that have like a chronic condition, you know, 
degenerative disc disease or, you know, they have scoliosis or other, some other anatomic problem that's going to set them up for pain down the road, they, they may benefit from some kind of, you know, maintenance treatment. And that can go anywhere from every three weeks to every three or four months. So it just, it's very patient dependent. Okay. Do you get patients health calls like something like sciatica? You know, as a chiropractor, we're looking at, say, sciatica, but like really bad headaches. And I'm like, man, if I got to see somebody once a week, it takes a while for them to really get the maximum benefit versus if you see them once or twice a week, I don't know, two, maybe two, three times a week in about a week or two, they're like, boom, you hit it hard, you hit it fast. That's kind of our little philosophy. You hit it hard, you hit it fast, they get better fast. And then, you know, drop them down to some kind of maintenance of based on what they need. But is that common in what you've seen? So I haven't found I haven't found that I that I needed to treat patients that frequently. And I don't know any osteopathic manipulative medicine specialist that see patients, you know, especially more than once a week, but even once a week is not very common. And I think what allows, you know, a patient with sciatica or headaches or, or so forth to get longer lasting relief is we're you know, treating the, the bony joints, the ligaments, the fascia. We have techniques to kind of calm down, you know, muscle spasms or uh, you know, things of that nature. And so patients don't need to get treated as frequently. Hmm. That's very good. Okay. What kind of marketing? Do you do any marketing? What do you do? Uh, most of what I've done is, is actually just, you know, talking and, and educating other people in the healthcare industry. And so meeting with uh, potential referral sources to learn about their services and tell them about mine. And you know, I started doing that early on in my practice and um, I'm doing a lot less of the reaching out at this point because I'm pretty busy uh, seeing patients. I'm, I'm, you know, booked out about four to six weeks right now. So Wow. Um, I've, I haven't been able to do as much of that lately. Have you ever thought about hiring somebody to help you out? Yeah, you know, I've been trying to hire someone for the last year, actually. <laughs> trying? Come it. on, what's going on? <laughs> so, unfortunately, there's not that many people with um, my training. Uh, and so far, none of, the, none of the people that do have the right training want to do house calls. So, still looking for the right person. Yeah. What's their common complaint to not want to do home visits? I don't know. Um, okay. <laughs> I'm I'm kind of like a, a rare person that I really don't mind doing like house visits. I, I kind of I grew up doing some door to door sales. Uh, I did that as in, a, in, in my youth. I served a proselyting mission, which was a lot of door to door and you know talking to people on the streets. And then I also um for several years had an alarm business that I did door to door sales. So I'm very comfortable going wow. into people's homes. Yeah. So I wouldn't say I'm like the typical doctor. Okay. Yeah. Cause I guess you could probably see some really messy people in some weird situations or how do you, do you have to run into, Oh, the doctor touched me the wrong way. And then you get sued for some kind of sexual harassment type of stuff because nobody else is there. You take that risk no matter where you practice unless you have somebody in the room with you at all times. Mm-hmm. So unless you, even if you have a practice location, unless you have someone in the room with you at all times, someone could make uh, the same claim okay. as, if, as if I'm at the home. You know, the only 
thing that that you do have to your advantage in an office is if you do feel uncomfortable with the patient or they're kind of coming off weird, you can pull someone into the room. Yeah. yeah. Hey, so, <laughs> so yeah, so it, it, it is a little bit more of a risk, but I've, you know, I've had great patients and I haven't you know, luckily run across that. There are some, you know, additional things that you can add on to your malpractice insurance to, to protect yourself more in that regard. But, uh, luckily, you know, it hasn't been an issue, but you know, it is a risk no matter where you're seeing patients, unless you have someone in the room with you. Okay. And any five-year goals that you're looking forward to? So I would, I would really like to have, uh, like a wellness center where I'm doing osteopathic manipulative medicine, doing injections, PRP, stem cell injections, um, I'd love to have like a massage therapist in house, a dietitian, nutritionist, um, a psychologist, kind of have a multi specialty center. And um, I'd still love to find find other doctors that are willing to, to do the house calls, you know, as part of my practice so I can still offer that service. Is there a hotbed of your board certification somewhere in America? Is there a spot where they They'll tend to accumulate in the country. Mm. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. I, I would think Dallas because you'll have a school that can do it. So it makes <laughs> sense like, yeah, we just never left. <laughs> yeah. Un- unfortunately, there's not there's not a ton anywhere. So um, it's, a, it's a great field to go into if you're interested in, you know, this kind of specialty for people that are in medical school because there is a high demand for board certified manipulative medicine doctors to work at the medical schools and there's a high demand for it from patients too. So it's a, it's a very easy arena to grow a patient patient base in. Do y'all have a website where you have a listing? So if I lived in new Orleans or if I lived in Chicago, I can say, Oh wow, there really is only like two (laughs) in the whole area. So one place that I'll direct patients to is the Cranial Academy. They have a website because um, not all doctors get trained, not all osteopathic physicians get trained in cranial treatment. And so typically only doctors that do a lot of manipulative medicine, whether they're board certified or not board certified in it, but they do a lot, will become a member of the Cranial Academy. And so they have a, you know, a find a physician panel. So that's a, a pretty a sure way find of, of, of finding somebody that does a lot of manipulative medicine. Um, you can, you know, you, you can find them other ways. There are other search, search engines out there for, you know, find a doctor that does manipulation. But I, I, I know that there's a lot of doctors on those searches that, don't very do very much manipulation. Sure, I can do a manipulation. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah, um, I do three a week. I think if the safest bet for finding somebody who is who does a lot of manipulation is finding somebody who does cranial treatment. Okay. And what is your website, or how do people get in contact with you if they uh, want more information, Dallas area? Yeah, my website is www.mobile dash like the minus sign osteopathy.com. Um, 
I'm also very active in, on social media. So I have a, a Facebook business page, Mobile Osteopathy PA. Uh, and then I have a um, Instagram account at Dr. Matthew Barker. You can follow me on those. I post you know, interesting medical facts and updates and you know practice updates of what I'm up to with mobile osteopathy. And then um, I see patients in the Dallas-Fort Worth area and then also in Midland, Texas is another location, which is about four and a half hours from the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Okay. Uh, before we let you go, any favorite books, blogs, or podcasts that you, you'd like to recommend or think people should just definitely check out? Um, it's like left field so at this point. <laughs> a, a great book uh, would be Dr. Robert Fulford's Touch of Life. Uh, Dr. Fulford was a, a very well-known osteopathic physician. The reason why I like that book is that it really talks a lot about the osteopathic philosophy and what osteopathic manipulative medicine is, and it's, but it's under, you know, kind of written more to the general public as opposed to like a, a medical textbook. Very good. Any closing remarks before we end the interview today? No, thank you so much for, for having me on the on the podcast. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Really appreciate it. You know, I hope the audience, I think the audience will like it. You know, we have a lot of physical therapy and chiropractors as a as a base audience and to, to learn more about what you do and how all three of our paths are kind of blended together. Yeah. And then, you know, following up with, with a little more of the details on how you actually make this thing profitable as well as uh, making it work logistically. So uh, you tweak my interest. I know people are going to be interested in it and I really appreciate your time today. Thank you. Yeah, have a good day. Well, that wraps up another episode. If you can, send me a review. That's .net slash subscribe, Apple, Google, Stitcher, Android devices. You just click that button. It'll take you exactly to the page you need to. You can write a review, hopefully a five-star review. Like I said, it does help for other people to discover what we're doing here. And one thing I haven't really talked about too much is the doctorsperspective.net slash support page. If you want to host a cup of coffee, Go for it. If you want to pledge a little higher fee, there's buttons for that. There's even monthly recurring. For those who feel like, wow, this is like the cheapest mentor coach program I've ever seen because you interview so many different kinds of doctors and, and I've been able to implement things that I've heard and it works. So monthly recurring payments, which also can get you my books for free, t-shirts for free. Uh, the first book, you know, that deals with health and exercise, getting on a diet, getting your financial health in order as well. Things I've learned in China. You know, that book is available as well. And one thing that I don't have, I don't have like a, a full-blown page about coaching and things, but there's a little button there. I've had people request, hey, doctors and non-doctors asking me, can I do more than just answer a couple of questions? Or could you be my coach for a little while? And I say, yeah, we can do that. So it's something I haven't really advertised, but it's something that I can do and do, whether it's marketing, some strategies for new patients, growth, those types of topics. If you're interested, just email me, justin at a doctorsperspective.net. If you have any ideas for guests, please send me an email, justin at a doctorsperspective.net. I'd love to hear who you think would be good or a profession that you may not have heard yet. And we've got over 100 episodes. This is going to be like our third year. Super excited. We're going to have a little mini series like we've been doing, which has been fun. I hope you've enjoyed them as well. That's, that's the feedback I've gotten. I want to remind everybody that we have some great affiliate links available. If you're into instrument-assisted soft tissue manipulation, we've got the Edge tool and we've got the Hawk Grips. Saves you about 10%. Also with the edge, you've got the uh, like blood pressure cuff restriction system. You've got the G Suite inexpensive EMR in case you'd like doing cash practice. And of course, 
I got my own electric acupuncture pin to go with the no needle acupuncture book. From time to time, you know, I'll have a bundle set where you can get them all together for a great price. I also have the free downloads at doctorsperspective.net slash blueprints. And what lately I've been doing is substituting a fifth one. Like I've done a knee and depending on the guest, I might do a different type. So check back there. You've got the primal paleo grass-fed protein, bone broth style. Save 10% on that. No sugar, allergy-free, gluten-free, dairy-free, all those types of things. Mentor box, get taught by the author. We got set for set for those floss bands that you may have heard about on one of the episodes. I really like those. If you want to know what hosting I use for podcasting, it's Blueberry. Pure VPN, that's one of those ones I use to help keep my payments secure as well as access the internet more safely. Any Amazon products that you might want, click the link in the show notes pages. So all those resources can be found at doctorsperspective.net slash resources. There's also t-shirts at .net slash t-shirts. Put up some new designs from time to time, like making lemons out of lemonade, shrimp po' boy, plus all the chiropractic and podcast swag that you could want. As always, listen, critically think, and implement. Have a great week. We just went hashtag behind the curtain. I hope you will listen and integrate what some of these guests have said. By all means, please share across your social media, write a review, and if you go to the show notes page, you can find all the references for today's guest. You've been listening to Dr. Justin Trosclair, giving you a doctor's perspective.